Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're chatting with Jerry Benedetto. When the pandemic started, Jerry started making tavern-style pizzas at his house because he missed that style from the Midwest and Chicago. Now he's making pizza for all of Portland. And it, it's, been, it's been so fun watching this develop on Instagram. And I'm excited to share this conversation with you. It ranges from this crazy story of, of how it all came about to Chicago, to pizza styles, to food adventures, to really how food can bring us all together and create lifetime memories. You can follow him on Instagram at Jerry's Pizza PDX. Let's begin. So this is a this is going to be an exciting episode because I have Jerry Benedetto with us, and uh, you know on this podcast we talk about you know the greatest assets of of our communities, our cities, the world is people, and in order to uh, work together, collaborate, we need to be our best selves. And so you know as a listener and and watching these videos, you kind of know that already, and. Jerry here is someone who just totally gets it. And I, following his story on Instagram, well, I'll, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? All right. So uh, as Rich said, my name is Jerry. Uh, we kind of go back a little bit in time uh, before we started the podcast. I think it's been about 10 years since we saw one another, but uh, we went to college at DePaul together. Um, but uh, without going into too much detail, and I'm sure we'll get there at some point throughout the conversation. Uh, I found uh, I'm now living in Portland, Oregon, and um, I uh, couldn't find pizza like I grew up eating out here. My fiance is from Madison, Wisconsin. She also grew up eating thin square cut pizza, and um, we couldn't find it out here. We've been here about two years, and then I started making it in my house. One thing led to another, and now um, just this past week, actually, I'm not sure if you're even aware, but Monday I had a soft opening, so Mon I started this this week with the operation. So. Wow. Well, first, I want to talk about, so you're from Chicago, and you you love sports, and you're, you're repping the Bears hat right now. Yeah, hey, and I hope Rodgers leaves. You know, you're, you're <laughs> funny, so I'm hoping, you know, there's a little, it looks like there's a little, uh, little, oh, a little, little shift in the going on or something. So, you know, we drafted Justin Fields. I hope he turns out to be a good pro, um, but uh, it'd be nice to see the Bears at the top of the NFC North, because um, uh, to be honest, I really have nothing against the Packers. Um, I'm I've been more jealous my entire life than anything <laughs> else, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people say I can't do this, but I'm choosing to do this, and that's I cheer for both Wisconsin sports teams and Chicago teams. Just just not when want. they're playing each other. Then I go Wisconsin because I I live in Chicago and I want them to do well because this is the city I live in, right? Uh, and it's so funny. I saw this one, uh, I don't know, tweet or meme that was like greatest four moment, greatest four quarterback moments in Chicago history. The Jay Cutler run, uh, Justin Fields getting drafted, Deshaun Watson rumors, Aaron Rodgers not being happy with Green Bay. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, that's the best thing that could happen to the Bears is for uh, Rodgers to be out of the division. So um, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, he... Yeah, but I guess I guess time will tell. But I, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to retire at Packers, so we'll see. 
We'll see. Uh, Jerry, Jerry reminds me of like the old, a like Saturday, Saturday. What's that? A cartoon character. No, almost close. The, the, uh, oh, life skit with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the SNL skit, the yeah. bears. Yeah. 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 So what, okay. Am, what other. I am rocking. I am rocking my Wolski's Tavern from Milwaukee, Wisconsin shirt. So I, I knew That's that I was going to be talking to you. And so I figured I'd, I'd throw on the Wolski's tea. <laughs> what okay so you follow the Sox and the bulls for sure right yeah black all, all chicago sports but but yeah. like you i'm in portland now and portland doesn't portland has the trailblazers and the timbers in the uh mls also yeah. soccer team and and i've lived in milwaukee wisconsin i've lived in minneapolis minnesota so for me i always say i'm like a really bad sports fan because like you wherever i'm living i I do want the teams to do well, obviously Chicago sports first, but I do want the teams to do well because I like the energy of the city. If the team's doing well, you know, the, the energy of the city, the city's alive and people are happy and people are going to the games and, you know, so again, bulls first, but when, Milwaukee bucks. When I was living in Milwaukee, I was going to bucks games all the time. Giannis, yeah. like he lived like across the street from me, <laughs> one of the Pfizer forum. Um, so yeah, I mean Chicago sports first, but no matter the city I'm living in, except from when I lived in Minneapolis, that that oh, was the one city like I, I didn't I no I don't want the Vikings to do well for what I just no. <laughs> that's interesting. What yeah. would you say the bigger impact of sports is for cities and people? No, I kind of touched on it, but it's just um, it, you know, people. People just get excited. It brings energy in, to the city. The city's alive when, when teams are doing well. And it's cool, too, because you do have all of these people who are who are sports fans and diehards who watch every game or they, they're always checking the scores and everything. But when a, even when a team's not doing well, right? So even if a team's been bad for a number of years, and that's fine. And there are people that will say, like, oh, you're not a true fan. You haven't followed through, like, the bad years. And sure, whatever, if you want to think that way, that's totally fine. But for me, it's like, I don't care. I just want people to be excited about the yeah. team. So if a team's doing well, you know, there are people that wouldn't typically watch games or wouldn't typically um, don't, don't really typically follow uh, the, the teams within their, their city mm -hmm. um, kind of come out of the woodworks and get excited and, and go out and, and, and meet strangers and go out and hang out with people. And yeah. obviously right now is slightly different. It'll past years right. been slightly different just with, you know, going out and whatnot uh, and not being able to really do that for the most part. But um, it's uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool how sports can sports can kind of bring people together, you know, mm -hmm. how it can, you know, bring strangers together. And, and, and that's, I can almost tie in what I'm doing with pizza to, to that as well, where I make a specific type of pizza uh, tavern style, which is thin, crispy, mm -hmm. and square cut. Um, you can essentially find, Thin square cut pizza across the entire Midwest, no matter where you're at. I mean, yeah. Ohio, Indiana, Minnesota, Michigan, outside of Detroit, Wisconsin, uh, you know, you go down to Missouri, um, all across the, the, the Midwestern states, people eat thin square cut pizza. Go back to how this all started during the pandemic and how you got involved with, <laughs> with making pizzas. Yeah. So basically, and you can always tell me to shut up or cut me off or whatever. I mean, I, <laughs> I have a tendency to talk fast, talk way too much. So just always... I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be upset if you just kind of like chime in or whatever. Um, but um, so basically what happened was uh, we moved out here about two, a little over two years ago. So it was January of whatever, two years ago, 20, 2019. So then 2019, 
full year and then 2020. Yeah. So we moved out January of 2019 and uh, Lauren, my fiance, like I said, she's from Madison. Uh, we met in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, she, she got an offer from Nike and the Nike world headquarters is out here in Portland or just right. outside in Beaverton. So it was too good of an opportunity. I was working for Lakefront Brewery. If you're familiar, I've been yeah, with them great, for a number of years. Great craft uh, beer. Yeah. Love, love Lakefront. Uh, so um, didn't, you know, I probably would have never left, left that job, but she had too good of an opportunity. So we moved out to Portland and um, we're here, whatever. Um, and then, and then basically COVID happened. So everything shuts down and we're both working from home. And I was like, it's like, geez, we're going to be spending a lot of time at home. I, I got to figure out something to do with, the, you know, my time, you yeah. know, I got to find a new hobby or something. We're going to be at home all the time. So I was like, Hey, Lauren, you know, we can't find pizza. Like we grew up eating out here. Um, and, and then I kind of like Googled and you, you, you can't find it pretty much Washington, Oregon with um, California, the entire West coast. And I even think like the East coast down South, like it's a very, very Midwest thing that never really made its way to like other parts of the country. Really? For reason, even though there are so many transplants that live. Yeah. No, you know, are you saying the style of pizza or pizza itself? No, the style of pizza. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Portland, basically Portland, Portland, obviously Detroit style pizza is a huge trend nationally. So everyone's doing Detroit style, okay. um, all over the country. Um, but then you have obviously your brick oven, coal fire, Neapolitan, you have your Sicilian style, grandma style, which is a thin Sicilian. So you have all these different styles of pizza you can find in other parts of the country, uh, for whatever reason, um, some are more traditional styles. Others are more trendy. Like I said, Detroit, but, um, yeah, you just can't find like Midwest thin or what I call there's Chicago thin. And there's what I do, which is tavern style, which is really thin. So there's, okay. there's difference between like it's splitting hairs, but there's, there's like the, the thin crust square cut. And then there's like the tavern style, which is thinner. Explain why it's called tavern style. Okay. And then we'll come back to, we'll just be all over the place. But so essentially without going into too much detail, kind of the history of the style. Um, and I'm going to use Chicago as, as an example, but I'm sure this was happening in other Midwest blue collar cities across um, the region. And um, basically um, there were like tavern and bar owners who were looking for a way to, get people through the doors to keep them around a little longer, but it also to make it pretty easy. So basically um, Chicago, again, being a blue collar city back in the day, uh, you have the stockyards on the South side and you have um, all these working class people, right? So they're getting off from their shifts. So they go to the bar because the bar has pizza. And what they would do is, and, and one of the reasons why um, I kind of identify with the style as well, not only eating it, you know, growing up and everything, but um, these weren't bakers. These weren't, um, pizza makers. These weren't chefs that were making these pizzas. These were tavern owners that were just looking to get people through the door. Yeah. So what they would do is they'd make these pizzas, they cut them into little squares so that they were easy for people to kind of throw on a cocktail napkin or in their hand, have a beer in the other hand. But it was mm -hmm. also communal, right? If you put mm -hmm. throw it on the bar, like places that do popcorn or peanuts, and it'd be easy for people to grab. Uh, they could have a couple slices, you know, have a conversation. It was communal and they could still go home and eat with their families and they wouldn't be super full for yeah. eating a huge meal. So it was kind of like almost a, a happy hour type thing. Um, and, uh, and then it kind of evolved and you can find all across the city of Chicago, you can find tavern style and thin crust pizzas. I mean, everywhere it's, it's, you know, North side, South side, West side. I mean, I can name a number of places uh, that I've been to, you know, um, throughout the city. Some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but, um, so that's kind of a, just in a nutshell, it's a little bit on the style or the, um, the history of the style tavern style. So you couldn't or, find that style out in Portland. You can't no, And you really can't find it on the West coast. Okay. Even I haven't looked too much into like the East coast or anything or the uh, Southern 
part of the country, south southwest, and also mm-hmm. down uh, just kind of southern region and everything. But the only thing that I can really that I've really seen is maybe like Rosati. So Rosati is a franchise, and they have um, they have locations I think in like uh, place like in Arizona. But other than that, um, you can't really find like tavern style. At least I haven't been able to find like a like an authentic tavern style pizza. There are a few places that'll cut their pizza in squares. But okay. that doesn't that doesn't make make, make it, it ta- you know that specific style. Um, but back to uh, the the original <laughs> the initial question <laughs> how I got into this, and um, basically some of the stuff that I had just mentioned where we just couldn't find it, and we I was I had a lot of time at home because of this. So I told Lauren I was like, hey, mate, you know, I'm just gonna make a pizza. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to the store and I, I couldn't find yeast at first because everybody's making bread. Yeah. So like all the stores, all the stores were out of yeast. So I couldn't like, I couldn't find yeast anywhere. So I ended up going to Trader Joe's cause they have pre-made dough, pizza dough. Okay. And I, uh, and I, um, I made a pizza and I remember this, I made my first pizza and then, and then we tried it and I was like, this isn't that good, <laughs> but, but it's not terrible. And I knew I could improve on that. So then Lauren okay. got on the next door app and she just asked for yeast. And then a neighbor brought me yeast. So then I was able to, then I made my own, you know, handmade dough Yeah. and kind of, then I made another pizza and it was better. Just, just that, that one simple thing, making my own dough, it was, it was instantly better. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect by any means and and perfection. Mm -hmm. I don't even think exists when it comes to, you know, food or pizza. Uh, But, but, um, cause then you, you always need room for improvement. But I, um, I, uh, she like posted a picture on her Instagram or something. Okay. And then her coworkers were like, where's that from? Like, I want to get that. And, uh, and I was like, I guess I can make your coworkers pizza. And then my neighbors started asking for, for me to make them pizzas. So I started making these pizzas, but I, and then I kind of got obsessed. So I was making pizzas every day and I was trying them and I was tweaking the sauce and the dough. And then I make my own uh, bulk sauce, homemade bulk sausage. So I make that from scratch. And I'm just like, I'm just like making these pizzas for people. And then, and then uh, the George Floyd situation happened. I was like, well, maybe I can, maybe I can like just take donations from people for, and make okay. them pizzas and then I can donate money to like some social justice orgs. So I started doing that. So I was donating to, to a place here in Portland called Don't Shoot PDX and then a place back in Chicago called uh, My Block, My Hood, My City. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was just sending, uh, I was just donating money every month to these places. And I basically, I did a pretty bad job of like keeping track of expenses and everything, but I would just kind of look at my bank account and I would be like, I don't think I'm losing. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> it's like I don't think I'm losing money here. So yeah. I think we're good. you know, I might be maybe you know it, everything's kind of even. So I think I'm I think I'm okay. So um, yeah, that's what I was doing. But I just I, I to be honest, I just got obsessed, man. I was making these things every day. I was trying them. I was tweaking things, and then you know it was it was, it was crazy. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way or anything, but it was kind of crazy because like even from my first like two weeks making pizza, mm-hmm. I was getting really, really good feedback from everybody. And I wasn't convinced on this at all. Like I was like, this is, this isn't that good, but people were giving me really good feedback. And then I kept doing it a couple months passed, and then it was getting better. Like for, for me, I'm my toughest critic, me or Lauren, Lauren might be yeah. tougher than I am, but I'm my, I'm my toughest critic. And I'm like, okay, it's getting better. But I, I initially had like, um, uh, well, I, I, this guy reached out from down in LA who does Detroit style and he was doing it through Instagram. He kind of blew up or whatever down in the okay. LA area. And he had reached out and then we just started kind of talking uh, via Instagram. 
And he mentioned imposter syndrome because he doesn't have a background. Yeah, in it sounds like, like that. Me, yeah. I, I'm, I have no formal training as a chef. I have no form. I have no formal training as a baker, pizza maker, anything. So, and he, neither is this guy, but mm. he's getting like write-ups and all of this, you know, attention about his product. And, and, and I, um, you know, I was, that, that started happening to me as well. And I, you know, it took a while for me to like, you should, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have <laughs> confidence. I was like, I don't yeah. know. What, I don't even know what I'm doing. All I know is I, I I'm tweaking everything to my liking and people are enjoying it. So I initially had like, you know, and he did, he did as well, like imposter syndrome. Cause we have no mm-hmm. experience. We had no experience doing this. So when I, when I really started to get confidence was August of last year, I, um, I flew back to Chicago. Yes. The, like the, yeah. the pilgrimage, the, the, yeah. Yeah. So I saw it. I flew back to Chicago in August. And uh, do you know, do you know my boy, like one of my best friends, Dylan Goodson? Yeah, I know Dylan. Yeah. So Dylan, I stay with Dylan and Abby. I don't know if you know Abby is uh, his wife, but um, so I, so I stayed with them and I went to 20 pizzerias and I think it was five days. I saw this. This is, this was so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to switch. I'm gonna go like this now. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna have my Chicago double chin now. <laughs> that's a super fan double chin and he's got he's got the mustache going oh yeah great uh, i can never i can never shave this thing now you've seen my logo yeah. I, I did it to myself you know it's uh but either way um fly back to chicago and i was like you know what people are telling me my pizza is really good i don't want it to be good for portland i want it to be able to compete with all of the legends back home in chicago i want my pizza to be as good or better than a number of the yeah what I would call pioneers for this specific style throughout the city of Chicago, which is the okay. Mecca, in my opinion, of this style where it potentially originated. Right. Mm-hmm. So I go back and, and it's funny too, because I'd been to a number, a number of the places that I went to, I'd already been to. And then there were a number that I had never been to as well. Okay. And the way I kind of chose the place I was going to go to was because of a book um, called pizza city, USA uh, author Steve Dolinsky, aka the Hungry Hound, ABC Seven Chicago. <laughs> yeah, so, he's got his photo in all these like restaurants. You know, you know, yeah, Chicago. You know, yeah, photo, you know, there's a photo hanging up of him uh, to me in in the tavern. I saw that. I saw yeah. That. So, uh, but either way, we kind of, I, I, I reached. I think I like re- I reached out to him or something, and then um, we because uh, his book is basically the. Yeah. Um, Basically, his book, uh, the whole thesis of, of that book, Pizza City USA, is, is why sh- Chicago, he argues why Chicago's the, you know, the best pizza city in the United States is because there are 10 different distinct styles within the city of Chicago. Whereas oh, you go to places like New York, right, known for pizza, and you can get a great slice on any corner. Slices are all, anywhere, yeah. But it's all the same style. Mm-hmm. Whereas Chicago, you have thin crust, tavern style, you have Roman, deep dish, stuffed pizza, you have Detroit style, Sicilian um neapolitan brick oven coal fire you have all these different styles within the city and there's places that do it uh, you know an amazing job yeah all over you know all different parts of the city so um we kind of like i don't know i ended up when i went back i ended up meeting up with them we were hanging out we got we got a pizza at fazano's on the south side and everything and then we've kind of been in contact uh uh we, we kind of talk you know from time to time just on the internet and everything uh, but super cool guy either way um, I go to Chicago. I, I, you know, I go on this uh, pilgrimage throughout the city, going and getting pizza, tavern style pizza, and and that was where kind of I was like, okay, 
we're, we're making a pretty, we're, we're making like a pretty good product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back and then I started getting reviews from like um, local chefs and uh, local pizza makers. Um, and, and that, again, the confidence, that's where I started to, to continue to gain confidence was in that. And then finally um, I, I, well, I had this wait list on Instagram, which it sounds so stupid. Like I sound, I feel dumb even saying it, but it grew and you gotta, you gotta think too. I could only make so many in my house, right? I was working full right. time and I could only make so many, uh, these pizzas, you know, after my, I was making dough and sauce in the morning, I was working all day. And then I was making pizzas for people at night and they'd come to my house and pick them up. But I, it grew to over a year and a half to get pizza from me out of my house. So, <laughs> so at that point I was like, I was like, uh, you know what? Like, I don't even, it's funny. I'm just happy. I enjoy making pizza. Yeah. Because I don't have a, cho- I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had to do this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was just, it got so out of control that like, I, I didn't have a choice other than to, to quit my job and, and figure out how to make this thing to do this thing full time. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I know I've kind of been all over the place, but that's, that's a little bit about where, where we're at. So what you're, you're providing, you know, you say you have this imposter syndrome, but what you're finding is that you're, you're adding value to people's lives because there's so much of a, a nostalgia for maybe this Midwest kind of style pizza. Do you find that that it's really like like those memories that people have that they can't get on the West Coast? Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. And I'll tell you two specific stories that uh, that always come to mind when people kind of talk about the nostalgia factor or ask me questions about that. And um, so and sometimes people ask, like, who are your customers or who have you seen that are your customers? And I've actually it's, it's everybody uh, for Midwesterners. I'm providing that nostalgia. I'm, yeah. I'm providing them a taste of home. But for Portlanders and others that aren't from uh, the Midwest or didn't grow up eating the style of pizza, I'm providing something new, uh, yeah. a new style of pizza that they've never had before. So you're, I'm kind of providing pizza for, for, you know, whoever. And, um, but, but as far as the nostalgia and some of the stories were, I was like, okay, we have something more than pizza here. First story. There's this guy, he came to pick up his pizza and this is months ago now. So when I was making pizzas in my house, this guy shows up, he's decked out in bulls gear. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, Hey man, I'm like, you put all, did you put all that on just to pick this pizza up? And he's like, yeah. And, um, <laughs> And I serve my pizza in bags, you know, traditional okay. uh, pizza bags, not boxes, pizza bags. And, um, and the pizza I make does have a distinct smell. Um, okay. it, it, it does. Like this style of pizza has a distinct smell. Um, and uh, I'm coming down the stairs. I have this bag and I have the, you can kind of get the whiff. And, and I think it all hit him at once or something because he started to tear up. And mm. I was like, I was like, oh man, hey, I'm like, I'm like, everything good. And he's like, he's like, yeah, sorry. Just like everything kind of hit me at once. The bag, you know, you, the um, you know, the the smell and everything. And he's like, me and my dad, we used to get pizza every Friday. And um, and he passed away a few years ago. Mm. So it basically all hit him at once. And 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 that's th- these are kind of some of the there's been a number of stories kind of like this, different, but but like this that, that yeah. people have told me. But this is one, and then I'll tell you one more. Um, this is kind of where the light bulb went off. Okay. Where I'm like, okay, I'm making pizza. It tastes okay, but I'm providing something else for a lot of people. And it's yeah. more than pizza. And this other story is a little, it's kind of, it's not, it's kind of a little heavy, I guess, but I get this message. I get this DM on Instagram from, uh, from this girl. It was timestamped like 1130 or something like that. So it was 1130 PM. 
and I wake up in the morning and I see it. And it said something along the lines of, um, Hey, Jerry, you know, I had, I had your pizza, um, you know, a few, uh, you know, a month or so ago, some friends got one. I had, it. it was great. And I told my mom about it. My mom, uh, I don't know if she was from Chicago or if she had lived there for a number of years, but um, now she asked me about the pizza every day. And, you know, I've been doing at home hospice with my mom and um, every day she asked me, when's the pizza, when's the pizza, when's the pizza. And I'm like, can you pick up pizza tomorrow? Like, cause again, I had this list and she was probably like a couple months out, but then she kind of hit me up and she was like, I'd been drinking wine all night. Like it, it gave me the courage to reach out to you and see if there's any way we could. I'm like, no problem. Like, no problem. Just like, can you pick up pizza tomorrow? It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, just how's noon. And great. So, so I make this pizza and then she comes, she picks up, she's like, thank you. And then she takes it back to her mom. And uh, about, I don't know if an, an hour or two passed or something. And she, she hits me, she, she messages me and she says, Hey, you know, I haven't seen my mom eat so much in, in months. Um, and, and then she proceeded to tell me all of these stories about her life in Chicago that she had never told me before. Oh, wow. And then she, she ended up passing away like a couple of weeks later. So wow. that's when the, again, the, this light bulb goes off. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like we have something we're, we're making something that's more than pizza for a lot of people. The fact that daughter brings mom pizza, mom eats pizza proceeds to tell daughter stories that she has never told her daughter before in her entire life and then passes away a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Me, I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I made a pizza. It's whatever, but it, it, it triggered like this, like not funny, but like interesting effect that, that, you know, now this, now this daughter has these stories from her mom yeah. that she would have never heard before if it wasn't for wow. the pizza. And, and, and that's, again, I sound like a broken record, but that's the kind of one of the light bulb moments where I'm like, man, food is powerful. And I, I've, I've always loved food. I never knew I was going to get into like making food, um, but I always loved eating food. It's always been one of my favorite things to do is to, when I'm traveling, you know, even in the city that I live in to explore all yeah. different you know, places and different types of food. But um, it's really, really powerful and really cool how food can bring people together. Um, I, I, I'm like, maybe I'm naive, but I'm one of those people who's like, and listen, you just got to get people from all over the world. You got to get people from all different, you know, races, religions, you know, believe in all different things, everything. You got to have them all a big potluck. So yeah. basically just a big potluck. People bring different food items from the, you know, what they grew up eating or whatever. Bring, bring some alcohol, maybe some weed, whatever. <laughs> and, and just, just sit down and talk and have a conversation. Yeah. And people are going to realize like, oh shit, like, we got a lot more in common than we do different. Like why are we fighting all the time? Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Do you find, yeah, I totally agree with that. It, the experience, it brings people together. When you, when you travel and stuff, do you plan, plan it out based on where you're going to eat and drink and stuff? I mean, the funny thing is like, so, so Lauren, Lauren's a planner. Okay. I'm not. They, I just, when I travel, I just show up. Yeah. Without, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I just show up and I start, you know, doing things mm -hmm. and um, maybe, but she does a little more research and, and there, she might find some places, some breweries, uh, bars or restaurants, place that yeah. we're going to go. But I'm, I'm like, let's get bikes. Let's start biking around and then we'll, we'll belly up at a bar and then we'll talk and then we'll, we'll find out from like locals where, where we should, where should we should go eat? 
you know, we're okay. looking for this type of food. Like, where do I, where do I go? I don't care how far it is in the city. Like, just we'll make it work. And that's typically how I do it. I'll just be like, tell me, tell me where to go. Cause, cause when in doubt, you just go to a bar and, and people the bartender, like you'll meet a stranger or something. They'll point you in the right direction of yeah. like, you know, a place to go eat or something. So yeah. As someone who, who bartends, uh, I agree with that 100%. I mean, it's, it's funny too. Like you'll, you'll end up, I mean, yeah, you'll just end up in some like amazing places. Like, yeah. And just having a, you know, having a ball, but and you uh, get, you get an experience that's like much different than what you would typically get. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, Lauren's more of a planner. So if we're traveling or something, she'll, she'll, we'll knock out some of the touristy stuff. Cause that's, she, that's, she's more, she's or, brain is different. She's just organized. Right. So she's, she's planning things and, and wants to see like the sites. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we're always like, then there's always uh, what we, maybe we call Jerry time. <laughs> like, it's like, that's where, that's where it's just like, we're going to get bikes. We're going to go to this. We're going to go to this. We're just going to find a bar and we're going to go belly out, have a couple of drinks, start talking to people. And then we're just going to see where it takes us. It's almost like, do you remember those books when you were a kid, RL Stein goosebumps? And it's like, choose your own ending. Oh, goosebumps. Yeah. Do you, do you remember goosebumps? I do remember goosebumps. And, and like, there were the ones there were like the actual like books or whatever, like the, the night of the living dummy or whatever. And then there's yeah. like the ones where you choose your own ending. Cause you'll be like flip to page 32 or, or, or like, if you want to go to into this door, flip to page 63. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of it. It's like, we're just going to go through this door this, to this tavern. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to, we're going to eat, or we're going to like have a beer, but we're going to talk to some, a stranger. And then they're going to tell us where to go next. Yeah. Well, what, what are some of your favorite experiences like traveling wise and experiencing the food? Like, uh, like, are you talking specifically Chicago or are you talking like different cities in the anywhere US in the world? Abroad? I mean, uh, uh, this is kind of, well, it's, it's funny. Cause sometimes food too, you, I, it's interesting too, because, um, sometimes I think I'm like, do I really, really love this right now because of where I'm at or is it really that good? Or is it cause the brain, I think sometimes maybe the brain gets like tricked into being like, yo, I'm in Greece right now and I'm having a gyro and this is like the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing I've ever eaten or am I just eating a gyro in Greece? Yeah. Well, either way, that was one of the best things. I Like I'm a huge, when I eat, like I love texture. Like I love okay. differences in texture. Texture is like a huge part for like me when I eat. And like, man, this gyro was like, just, it, it, you take that when, okay, this might not make sense, but you know, I know something's good. Like when I, when I take a one bite of something okay. and I'm just like, yo, that's when I know, like when my brain instantly is like, you just got to say, yo, audibly out loud. That's when I know it's just insane. So hero. And then, um, one of my, uh, this is actually kind of, uh, I don't, it's not embarrassing, but it's like a funny story, I guess, but we were in, uh, Shanghai and, um, this was like 20, the end of 20, wait, what, 2018? No, no, 2019. So this was okay. the end of 2019. And, uh, and um, I don't know, we were just there and I was like, yo, Lauren, like we got to go to this place. Like, I don't know how I found it, but we have to go to mm-hmm. this place. It, I think it was a Hunan uh, style food. So, which is, I believe, don't quote me. I don't want to sound ignorant, but like, I believe it's like spicy. It's like a region, I believe in China. 
and and um and and they specialize in like more like spicy cuisine and okay. uh so we, we go to this place and we just like get the menus and we just like order a bunch of food and um we got like like um some just like dump like just dumplings and uh just like spicy beef and like a bunch of different dishes and it was one of the best things I've ever eaten. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop eating. And it was, I, I, I joke with my friends and stuff. And like with Lauren, I was like, I got high off the food, man. Have you, has that ever happened? Like, I don't know if there's gotta be something like, especially with spicy foods. I don't know. Like I felt like this like level really? of euphoria where I was just like, and, and then the dumbest thing is like, man, you know what I mean? I'm kind of joking around. Like I wasn't like really high or anything, but I was like enjoying my food so much. And, and it was so good. And it was just the whole moment. And, and, uh, Lauren actually ended up, there's like pictures of me. She has, she snapped photos while I'm eating. And I just, I'm just having like the time of my life shoveling, just like, like using my chopsticks as shovels and yeah. just like shoveling food into my mouth. And, uh, and she had to cut me off. I couldn't stop. Eating. I was she cut so you cool. off from eating food. Yeah. She had to cut yeah. me off. I was, I was putting myself into like an insane food coma. We ordered so much. I couldn't stop though. It was so good. Um, and again, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but, um, Dude, I mean, I just love just food. So I love it. Um, I mean, our Chicago is, is, and obviously I haven't been to every city in the U S I haven't lived in every city in the U S or anything, but Chicago up against anybody. What are your favorite, uh, Chicago pizza spots? I mean, we get the rep for being known for deep dish, but that's like, I have it maybe like once every six months. You know, yeah, but that that's the thing. You live in Chicago. You're you're a local. I mean, yes, you're yeah. a scum, but you're a local. You live in Chicago. You've been in Chicago for a long time. It's funny because, yes, deep dish originated in the city of Chicago. There's no arguing that. I think it was 1943, I want to say, and it was Uno downtown. Um, Uno. Uh, pizza uh, Uno, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was the, they were the originators of deep dish pizza. And then pizza makers, there was uh, Rudy Melnati, who then branched off. And we obviously know the Melnati yeah. name in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, deep dish originated in Chicago. There's no arguing that that's true, but I would consider that more of special occasion pizza or people are visiting from out of town and they want to yeah. get deep dish. You take them to get deep dish. Mm -hmm. So when you say you have it maybe once every six months, it's probably because you have friend or family visiting. Yeah. That's probably, or it's, no, it's a special occasion too. Right. Or, or that, or it's yeah. like, Hey, special occasion. Let's get deep dish pizza. Don't get me wrong. It's delicious. Like if I had to choose a deep dish, um, Chicago local deep dish chain, I go Melnati's all day. I'll take Melnati's. I do that too. Yep. I agree. I'll take it over Giordano's. I'll take it over Gino's East, any of those places. Like I'm all about, uh, Lou Melnati's or even Paisano's, which is a smaller chain, but it's very similar to Melnati's because they, okay. were, they were like family members that like broke off and did their own thing. There might've been some sort of, you know, <laughs> but, uh, either way. Um, so as far as, but, but that's the thing where in, in, in Delinsky, Steve Delinsky will talk about that as mm -hmm. well in his book about how um, you can find way more thin square cut uh, or tavern style pizza across the city of Chicago. And that's what people eat on a regular basis. You know, Friday yeah. night pizza night. They're, get, they're typically, you know, getting that. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, my some of my favorite places, um, I mean, Vito and Nick Southside, that's 84th and Pulaski. That's my, okay. to me, that is, that is the, the Holy grail of tavern style pizza. Um, it's, it's my favorite. 
Uh, there's a place not too far from there called Villanova. It's just north of uh, Midway Airport in Stickney. Um, mm. Place is insane. Just it's super, super good. Now, I do think they could probably bake it about two minutes longer because um, it is a little, <laughs> floppy. you know, it is a little floppy. Okay. Um, and, and that's what, but, but the flavor is so good that I, I, I didn't like, it doesn't even matter. It, it was just a really good pie. I really like Barnaby's uh, of okay. Northbrook. That's Northside. Uh, I mean, there's so many good spots across the city. Um, what do you think about Pequod's? Um, I have an unpopular opinion on that. So I'd rather oh. not, uh, <laughs> on camera. I don't want people like hating me or anything, but no, Pequod's has a cool history because Burt Katz, uh, uh, started Pequod's and also Gulliver's, but then he branched off and went up type that northern suburb, but Morton Grove, I think it's kind of near Skokie. Okay. Morton Grove, I think. And then he started Burt's Place. Um, and I don't know if you ever did you ever have a chance to go to Burt's Place? I haven't, no. Okay. Well, insane. So you basically have to call the place and it would always be busy. It's like calling how old are you? You're about my age. You're 32. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so did you ever call the radio station when you were a kid to try to like get them to play your song? Yeah, I think a few times. Yeah. Or you try to like win a contest, you'd call the radio station, but it'd always be busy. So you'd have to like hang up and then dial again. Just like, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of how it was at Burt's place where you'd have to make your reservation for your pizza. So it was reservations only. So you'd have to make your reservation. Then, then you show up at like 5 PM on Thursday and his wife would serve you the pizza. It was like a two, two person operation. And, um, he, I mean, that pizza was incredible. And unfortunately he passed away a few years ago. So now okay. Burt's place still exists, but I believe, I believe, and I always say, don't quote me on this because I don't want to like, I don't know if it's the hundred percent truth, but I believe uh, some people, some, some people bought it, but, but Burt's place is still, you know, it's still running. It's still okay. going, but I have, I've only had it when Burt made it. I haven't had it since. So I don't know if, oh, okay. if, if the quality, um, I, I just don't know the consistency of, of, of the pizza now. Um, but no, Pico's is good. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. You said yeah. consistency. Consistency is huge then for pizza. Yeah, no, most definitely. It's super important. But one thing I've also learned too is, um, and maybe I'm totally wrong. And if any other pizza makers happen to listen or see this or whatever, um, maybe they disagree. I, I'm not sure. Cause again, I don't come from this and I'm just kind of learning every day as I go. Um, but Yes, consistency is obviously important. You want your product to be consistent every single time. However, when you think about, there is a level of, we, we are, and I am making a handmade product, right? I make the dough from scratch, the sauce yeah. from scratch. I make the sausage from scratch. All of these things are, for the most part, made from scratch. So you have your recipes and you make that thing, especially with dough, you're ma- dude, you're working with a living organism. You're working yeah. with, so it's funny how like little things I can sometimes notice like subtle differences and it's, it's like really weird because it's like, I did everything the same. I did every, literally everything the same, but you still get subtle differences. And it's, it's funny. It's interesting. And you're always kind of learning because um, again, I mean, temperature, humidity, there's all these like little things like wow. in the air too, like yeast and everything that could potentially affect it and change it slightly. So I look at, yes, Consistency is really quality for me. Quality consistency will always be of the utmost importance with what I do. Um, it has to be like that, like you, but even I'll within never, that each pizza is its own like special that, pizza. You need. That's the thing where it's, where it's like, it's consistently, you want to be consistently good. Yeah. You might find subtle, like little things here and yeah. there. And again, it's a handmade product. Whereas 
when I think about the bigger guys and gals, like the Domino's, the Papa John's, the Pizza Hut's of the world, they're, to me, they're, they're logistics companies. They're just really, really good at being really, really efficient and doing high volume and cranking yeah. out pizzas like Domino's. You know who's making your pizza and you know who's delivering it and putting it on your doorstep at that exact time. Yeah. So, and you can go anywhere in the world and that pizza is going to taste the same. Like we mm-hmm. talk about consistency, the, the bigger guys and gals, I mean, that's consistency. And, and there's something to say about that. I mean, like, I'm not knocking them because that's, that's an insane, like, to me, that's, that's insane. I'm giving all the respect in the world to, to them for being able to do that. Right. That's to do that volume that consistently is pretty amazing actually, but that's not what I do. And that's okay. What I do is like, like it's a, it's a handmade product. It's, it's everything's from scratch and, and, um, you're not, you know, you may have to wait longer. I, you know, I, it's not, it's not like you call and pizza's ready in 20 minutes. And that's one thing that I've also thought about potentially starting like a little thing called like the uh, um, Portland pizza collective where other pizza independent pizza makers from the city can come together like once a month and we can all just like chat and talk about, you know, what we're doing and, and everything, but also how, on how we can better educate consumers on, on what we do. Right. Cause, okay. cause we, I feel like we've been conditioned to, to think pizza should be cheap and pizza should be ready and available whenever. And pizza should be all of these things because, because what they see on, because what you see on TV, yeah. Domino's, Papa John's pizza, little Caesars, all mm-hmm. these places. So we've almost been conditioned to be like, this is what, this is, you know, it should be just, I get it whenever I want. It should be yeah. like $10 and it should be this. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's back to train up. Let's educate the consumers on how much time and effort goes into making all of these things from scratch. Not only that, we're using higher quality ingredients that cost more Then, um, not my, myself, I'm my only employee, but you have other pizza makers in town that, you know, pay their employees a living wage and mm-hmm. have to pay rent. And there's all this overhead and these labor costs. And it's like, yeah. well, you have, that has to come from somewhere. Right. To, it, like, so it has to go into the pizza costs and you, you increase things here and you cut things here. So then you're hopefully in, in a good position. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's like people, consumers don't always think like that obviously and, and right. that's okay but but if we can do a better job of maybe educating them and letting them know why we're at this price point why we're not always available why you know some of these things then maybe they'll better better understand it's incredible how much you've learned in like a year like just just talking with you about something that you just started <laughs> it's funny and you're still learning i joke all the time i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing it's <laughs> weirdly fun like like I'm just out here, I'm just kind of out here shooting from the hip, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, it's been fun. How many pizzas would you say you've made now? I have, I have no idea. Like I, I, really that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I did, I did a ton in my house. I don't know, a couple thousand, Wow. which isn't, isn't really that many in the grand scheme of things. I mean, there are pizza makers that, you know, have been doing this for 30, 30 plus years who've made, you know, they're like they're like McDonald's with the you know the billion serve billion serves they're like billion <laughs> makers a pizza count or something but um no I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty uh I, I've made quite a few but um yeah it's it's crazy like I, I I think I mentioned um I I I did a I did kind of a quiet soft opening uh on on Monday this this past Monday yeah how'd it go what's the operation look like now I mean it's the thing is this, I don't think not everybody like knows or anything like this is a, this is not a typical operation. Like I'm in the back of a ta- of tavern. 
So yeah. the kitchen I'm working with is probably the size of your kitchen at your house. So basically okay. I have a dough sheeter so I can sheet my dough. I have a little prep station and then mm -hmm. I have a, a, a electric countertop pizza oven with four decks. Okay. So that, that's what I'm working with. Then I have a little staging area where I can put it in a bag or I can put it onto a tray to serve to, to a table at the, at the tavern. Okay. And, and, and the thing is I'm making all the pizzas. I'm, I'm baking all the pizzas in the oven and then I'm plating all the pizzas and then I'm bringing the pizzas out to people. So I I'm doing everything. And then there's one bartender at the tavern who takes everyone's drink orders. Okay. So people don't, I don't know. Like I'll, I'll start off and I'll only be doing about 25 pies a day a night. Okay. That's it. I mean, that's how much were you doing before though in your house? Oh, like, like four to six. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm, you know, increase that. And, and, um, you know, well, you know, as I get, as I become more efficient, as I learn, um, and if people continue to enjoy the product like they have, then I'll look at, I'll look at hiring and then I'll look at extending hours. And yeah. then, you know, people, again, I keep saying if people continue to enjoy, um, then, then I'll look at expanding, but, but the, it, it's funny because, you know, I've been hit up by a lot of people, you know, people that want, you know, in town restaurant groups, things like that, that like to invest in all of this. And, you know, it, it's humbling and it's flattering and everything. But at the end of the day, it's like, I kind of just want to do my own little thing and then we'll see where it goes. I don't yeah. want to, you know, I don't want to start, you know, doing all these things. And especially too, because I, I don't, I don't think everybody kind of understand, understand, unless you, unless you grew up in the Midwest and you kind of grew up eating the style of pizza, maybe after a little league game or something like that, then mm -hmm. you don't fully understand kind of what I'm trying to create. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to officially open to the public on May 17th. That's what it's looking like, but here in Portland, we just got shut down again. Um, okay. So we're like, it's just outdoor dining and pickup or to go. Okay. I, don't know how long, I don't know how long that's going to last, but uh but um, yeah, I think we're going to roll May 17th and just uh, just go for it, open officially. And um, I'll pre-sell about 20 pies. I'll pre-sell them a week in advance for the week. I'll pre-sell 20 pies for each night. Um, and then and then we'll, we'll kind of, or 20, 25, and then we'll, you know, or 30, whatever, and we'll go from there. That's and awesome. Hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll become more efficient and then I'll be able to up that number. And then, like I said, maybe add an employee and maybe yeah. whatever, but. I'll figure that's, all that out. Well, that's exciting. This is, this is so cool. What would, okay. So like the last question, actually I have another question for you, but I got, Hey, I got nothing going on, man. We could talk all day, but <laughs> like a time, you probably got a time limit on, on how long you want the, uh, the episodes or whatever. Um, I don't really know much about podcasts. I've just been on a bunch, but I don't know. Anything yeah. About <laughs> so you, you kind of found this obsession in your life where like every day you just want to get better and you just love doing it, uh, for like listeners or, or people that are watching this, like, how do you think one, there's no one way to do it, but how does one find that something that they're just obsessed about? I mean, that's a pretty loaded question, but for me, I think, um, I've obviously people kind of know the things that they enjoy doing and the things that they really they're, they're passionate about, or they, they really, you know, love doing, but then it's like, how do I make money? Cause you, cause unfortunately yeah. you, you just, that's a part of life, right? You need, you need right. to make ends meet. You need to make money. So it's like taking something that you love or something that you're passionate about. How do you then make money doing that? Right. Yeah. And, and um, like you had mentioned, everyone kind of learns differently. Everyone does, does things differently. I mean, for me, it's uh people always ask me, you know, 
did you read book? How did you learn how to make pizza? Like, did you yeah. read books? Did you wa- watch? What did you do? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I just did it. Like I yeah. learned, how, I just did it. Like I just messed around in the kitchen on my own. Like, yes, I looked up recipes um, because I needed a baseline, right? Mm-hmm. I needed a baseline of like, I, I'm not, I don't come from this. So like, I needed to know like, what do I need to do? But then I, but then I took those, those baseline recipes and then I went off in my own direction and started yeah. adding this or taking that away or doing this or doing that. And then seeing like what the outcome would be. And then I would push things in, you know, every direction to see how, what, you know, how far, how that would, how would that, would that positively or negatively affect the pro the final product and, and everything. Um, and was just doing that every day. But um, I guess, I guess for me, it's like, it, it, it's almost, and it's kind of funny uh, because Lauren works at Nike, but like, just do it. It sounds stupid, but it's the best motto ever. It's just like, it's just like the hardest thing is like, it sounds, I, I sound, I feel dumb saying it. Like I sound, cause it's like the cliche, like cheesy thing to say or yeah. whatever. It's like, is, um, you know, to just like go for it or like, just do it. But like, that's, that's the hardest part for a lot of people. Right. Because there's, yeah. there's that comfort as humans. Like there, there's like almost like this, it's comfortable, you know, like it's scary. It's scary to like, to like just to, to take like this leap or like to do yeah. something because like what if you fail and like or what if you're probably you're probably gonna fail like you're you're probably gonna fuck up you know like <laughs> but but it's like it's like I'm learning too to like sometimes I get upset like I, I I do something I'm like and you like get upset and then it's like whoa 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 take a step back like like um maybe just like laugh about it like when you fuck up just like laugh. Yeah. To be like, oh, sh-. like trying to find the joy in like the failures. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it sucks. Like, cause I'm, I'm competitive and I want things to be a certain way and I want them to be perfect and everything like that. But, but like perfection doesn't necessarily exist and always gives you something to like work towards. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, that's why, that's why like when they gave, uh, they gave Sean White in the X games, like in 2016, they gave him a hundred on his half pipe. I was like, well, how do you give somebody a hundred? Because like, yeah. then like, so you basically set the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't, you can't do, do better. better. Like, like, what do you, what a hundred, what are you a hundred? You're going to give out a hundred and one. Like, yeah. I, that's why it's like, if anyone does the best anything, it's like 99. Yeah. Like at the most, like you, at the most to 99. You can't have a hundred. Yeah. Right? Or maybe, maybe I'm an idiot, which I am, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think anybody... Anybody who who's like into their craft so much from the outside, it's like, oh, that was perfect. But to them and all the training they go through, they just in their head, they're like, ah, well, I could have played this note a little bit different or I could have moved my fingers a little quicker there, you know, and it's yeah. just it's because uh, I'm getting so all these people that are like, don't change anything. It's perfect. I get all, all these people and I'm like, I'm like, is it, though? <laughs> uh you know th- thank you and it's it's like i really like thank you i appreciate i'm glad you enjoy i'm glad i can bring back memories for people that are from the midwest but i'm also you know i'm glad i can introduce portlanders and others to, to a new style of pizza and everything but but i wouldn't go that far you know um but uh but back to the actually the the question that you had asked about you know for other people it's like i mean just find a way to make money doing it yeah i mean because you can whatever it is like you could you can find it and i would say like do like 
it's important to take feedback from people. I, I really, I really do think that that, that, that is really important. However, don't, don't let it change what you have said in your head of like what you're going to do, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Like you can, you can create something and make something like, like, for example, when I was making pizzas in my house, I, every single person that got pizza from me got five questions and they would answer those mm -hmm. questions and send it back to me. And I took all of this information, you know, pricing a lot. One of the questions was about pricing, how much they'd pay, like all of these okay. things. And I used all of that to kind of build this thing out. But, um, you know, there people would also offer feedback and I would take some of that into consideration. But at the end of the day, honestly, I don't want to come off as an asshole or anything, but I was just trying to create something for myself. Yeah. And then, and then you almost teach people what to like, or like you almost, I'm almost like, like you just hope that other people enjoy it as well. I made something for me and then I'm just hoping that other people enjoy it. And to yeah. this point it's worked. Um, am I going to run into some bumps? Well, yeah, of course. But, but at that point, then I'll, then I'll reevaluate or I'll pivot or I'll look to, you know, maybe make some changes. Yeah. So well, that's, yeah. That's so basically awesome. what I'm, basically what I'm saying is like, people, people are going to try to tell you what to do, but like only, you know, best what you're trying to achieve yeah. or what you're trying to do. So don't like take feedback. I sound like I'm like hypocritical. It's like take <laughs> feedback with a grain of salt, but like you, only you, whatever it is that you're trying to create or whatever it is you're trying to do, only you can, can like you know best and trust that and don't don't change because people are asking you to change something unless you're seeing unless you're seeing 50 percent of the people are saying the same thing okay right. now i need to make a change but but if some one person says something it's like okay no like i'm just gonna do my thing yeah something i'm curious about is shifting a little bit into a different direction where do you get all your vintage clothing and hats? Yeah. Um, well, a lot of it I've had. Like, I used to be a huge, when I lived in Chicago, I was a huge thrifter. Okay. So there's a place in Chicago called Value Village. Um, okay. And then some of the stuff I've had since I was a kid. Like, some of this stuff is like, I'm, I, I, maybe I didn't grow that much. Um, <laughs> but like, some of the stuff. You grew I, on I, the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, I just became more wise. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I used to always, I'd go to like a ton of thrift stores and stuff like that. And I would just try to try to find old, you know, retro sports gear. Um, you can find some good stuff on eBay. Like every now and then I'll get on eBay and I'll see if there's anything out there or what and what, but I've, I've, well, I've always loved sports, but I've always loved like, like I, I feel I'm like a, I was born in 87. So I didn't grow up in the eighties, but I feel like that's like me. Like I'm, I'm like an eighties, like, like I love like the vintage sports eighties and nineties, like, like the eighties music, like all of that that's just kind of like i don't know if you can see that I, I have a mullet I do. <laughs> it's beautiful yeah so I, <laughs> but i got a hat hair right now but do you, do you remember yeah. the jordan years in the 90s at all or oh yeah of course man yeah. i was i used to go to my grandma's and watch the games and she'd she my grandma watched two she liked two things figure skating and michael <laughs> so so we'd always watch the bulls and everything i remember watching i remember watching the nba championship you know against the jazz in like 90 because they played the jazz two years straight it was like the 90 yeah. 90 
96, 97, 97, 98, two years straight mm-hmm. where they beat them both times. But, um, oh yeah, of course. Like I was pretty young for like the first three, but then, yeah. but then the final three, um, I, I, I like remember watching, um, I still have my Jordan Jersey, my champion, like the champion yeah. Jordan Jersey. I still have it. It's super small. Uh, <laughs> it's really tight. Like it's, you know, but, uh, I still got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's been, it's been great chatting with you today. Uh, where can people find what you're doing more about it? Yeah. I mean, the big the thing is, uh, it's funny. Cause I was never like, like I never really had, uh, like an inch, like I was never really into like social, social media, media. Really or anything, but, uh, but now, now, um, I've had to kind of, and I still don't even really know what I'm doing. I'm just out there like posting stuff and everything, <laughs> but, uh, Jerry's pizza PDX, that's the, probably the best, best thing is Jerry's pizza P- at Jerry's pizza PDX on Instagram. And then, um, I do have a website, which is Jerry's pizza PDX.com. Okay. Um, I don't even know if it's up yet. My buddy's working on it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but the, the June from the hip. yeah, the Instagram is kind of where I post stuff yeah. and like update people on what's going on and everything. So, uh, one of the, yeah. one of my favorite, uh, real quick from this past week, um, I'm just going to pull out my phone. This is like one of my favorites. Uh, so people have been sending messages, you know, for this soft opening, you know, after the fact they're sending me messages about, you know, the pizza and everything. And, uh, this message um, was, was one of my favorites. And, um, so this woman, uh, she said the pizza is fantastic. The sauce to topping ratio is spot on. I love the sauce. I also love canned mushroom on pizza and you can't, uh, and no one does that, but you here, um, I hope you take this as a compliment, but it was like a, Totino, a Totino's pizza in the best way. Um, it's the kind of pizza I could eat every day. So congrats. And I can't wait to become a regular. Um, but this is, was my favorite part. She goes, uh, when my 65-year-old Korean mom who immigrated here and likes nothing said it was delicious, you know it's delicious. So uh, that that was that made me laugh. That was that was funny. Um, That's fantastic. Uh, she was like, "Yeah, my my Korean mom who immigrated here just doesn't like anything, um, and she loved it." So, uh, <laughs> and that's the thing when kids when kids like it and old people like it, you know you're doing something right because they're not gonna they have not they are to the point and straightforward and they're not gonna lie to you feedback feedback exactly so that's another thing everybody so if you need feedback on stuff kids old people they're gonna <laughs> real tell quick, you real quick what's what's portland portland like um have you ever been no i've been to eugene oregon kind of okay. rolled through oregon but big yeah. evergreen trees yeah i mean the thing is it's really green it rains a lot in the winters um summers are super sunny um, you have the ocean an hour and a half in one direction. Then you have Mount Hood an hour and a half in the other direction. So you have like mountains, but also ocean, yeah. um, city, city. Um, there's a big food cart culture. And so it's a lot of food cart, okay. food cart pods, things like that. Um, you have the malt, uh, you have the Willamette river, which runs you through. So there are a lot of bridges in the city. Okay. Um, but, uh, it's a big bike city. So a lot, a lot, like a lot of biking, bicycling. Yeah um blazers timbers sports it's um it's not like a huge city or anything so think mm-hmm. like think like milwaukee wisconsin okay got you so um yeah i would say kind of kind of like that but but of the west it's the milwaukee of the west coast there we go awesome that's how i'll sum it up all right well thanks for coming on this has been great hey no problem hey thanks for having me it was nice chatting with you man it's been all it's been a long time 
Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Jerry on Instagram at Jerry's Pizza PDX. Have a delicious day.